If you want to go behind the scenes of this episode and access the original recording of the interview I conducted with the person telling their story, you can join my Patreon-exclusive access tier. There are certain cases in the Valley of Victims of Supernatural Incidents where the lines for the beginning, the end, and the very core of the story get inextricably blurred together. Sometimes it isn't as simple as an accident that leads to a torturous journey with a harrowing ending. Or, on a more positive note, a tragic story that blows up into a paranormal visitation and facing one's fears in order to come out victorious at the other end of the fog of mystery. There are millions of stories that surround encounters with impossible creatures, connections with people long dead, and attacks from entities that are beyond the understanding of the world. At the end of the day, in such a challenging environment, it is perfectly understandable that a great number of these stories can't be so easily categorised into a tiny box. In this particular case, there are elements that will make listeners of the story believe in many possibilities. Is it the tale of a cursed individual? Did everything happen because of a demonic object? Was it all a consequence of a single haunted room? How was everything intertwined? And why was this poor young woman chosen as a victim of these dark and terrifying events? Even if the definite answers might elude this world forever, Ashley's journey will certainly unearth a world of mysteries on its own. The setting for Ashley's tale takes us to Minnesota, particularly to the countryside, to houses with secrets, and to eclectic characters. Right from the start, Ashley's story does more than disturb and unsettle anyone that comes in contact with retellings of her experiences. This should also be a story that tugs at people's heartstrings, for it includes one unfortunately common but notoriously cruel element in the world's most horrible stories. It all begins with a little kid. Ashley was barely around ten years old when her life got irredeemably disturbed by supernatural events. At least, that's as she remembers it. Who's to say that the passing of time, the accumulation of trauma, and the brain's desperate coping mechanisms haven't erased the worst of it all, and the beginning of the story? After all, who could confidently confirm or deny that even at a smaller age the shadows under the bed never reached out to them? Who could be so sure that they never saw evil eye to eye and only barely lived to tell the tale? What kind of horror did Ashley, or any of us, forget what we saw from our cradles, from the supposedly safe embrace of our parents' arms? From the recesses of her mind, Ashley can still pull a handful of paranormal incidents that serve as intercessors of the very worst that would soon take over her life. At the time when Ashley was around ten years old and moved in with her father, who had recently remarried, she lived her first encounter with the supernatural in that unfamiliar house. Ashley slept in a room that was just across the hallway from a small studio that included a desktop computer with a worn-out chair in front of it. She quickly familiarised herself with the chair, the way to get comfortable, 
and the way to avoid making too much noise. It was this knowledge which woke her up one time in the middle of the night. The desk chair across the hallway was creaking. It started slowly, just a small creak in the quiet of the night. Something that she could easily convince herself she had just dreamed. But then it happened again. And again. And again. It was almost as if someone was rocking in that old chair. Ashley, naturally curious as any other kid, slowly crawled out of bed and moved on her tiptoes toward the other room. After slowly opening the door a crack, she was perfectly able to confirm her worst fears. The room was completely and absolutely empty. As soon as she heard another sound, she practically flew toward her room, swearing she would tell everything to her father the next day. She didn't suspect that her father would promptly shut down her fears without too much care. It only worsened some days later, when Ashley was assaulted by a vague but somehow much more frightening incident. It was a completely regular day. Nothing out of the ordinary had agitated Ashley's peace. Perhaps that was why she was so utterly disconcerted when, after taking a seat by herself on one end of the sofa in the living room, she soon became extremely and painfully aware of someone or something else sitting beside her. It should have been impossible. She was completely sure that there was no other member of the family on that side of the room. She could see her father moving around the house, but she couldn't bring herself to look to her other side. She couldn't bear finding out what was, or wasn't, sitting beside her. It was an incredibly powerful presence, worse than feeling someone's warmth on her skin, worse than feeling their breath hitting the side of her face. It was just undeniable, and that froze her in place for a second that felt like an eternity until she was able to shake herself out of that trance and throw herself at the ground, then jump to her feet and run toward her father to explain what had just happened. It was then that Ashley's father, unfortunately, failed to properly address the supernatural events that surrounded his daughter. He explained that it was better if they didn't discuss that in front of his new wife. It was a great shock for Ashley, and it was possible that that carelessness left an indelible mark deep inside Ashley. Since then, she tried so hard to ignore the obvious signs every time something deeply wrong and unexplainable happened. Until it was too late. A couple of years passed without any major paranormal incidents for Ashley, though that didn't mean that her life became any less complicated. Slowly but surely, her life was transformed. Recreational drug use became a little more than that, until the point that eventually she would fear the effects that smoking weed had on her mind, her dreams, and the way she experienced the world around her. Perhaps she was right. Or maybe it was just a desperate attempt to find something to blame for things she couldn't explain. 
Unfortunately, Ashley's mental health was also on a downward spiral that would take time and great challenges until she would be able to bring herself to do something about it. This coincided with a time when she started living with her mother again. So, Ashley was around 15 years old. She lived on the outskirts of Faribault, Minnesota. She was profoundly interested in supernatural stories and all kinds of content. She didn't suspect her life would become one. Ashley happened to find good friends that shared her interest in the paranormal. It was debatable if it was an entirely good thing, or quite the opposite. One of these friends was a young man that had the peculiarity of having a mother that was exceptionally spiritual and claimed to be able to communicate with the dead. This particular friend once gave Ashley a gift that had the potential to change her life. It was a tiki necklace that he claimed was extremely special because it held a demon within. Ashley would have been fascinated by it but she realised she didn't exactly believe him. Still, it was an interesting gift, and she didn't find it in herself to turn it down. She accepted the cursed tiki necklace, brought it into her house, sealed her fate, and for too long she seemed to forget the necklace even existed. The consequences started almost immediately. The next chapter of Ashley's life would come in stages, which grew from an eerie whisper to unsettling growls, and finally became screeching howls she couldn't ignore any longer. At first, it was nothing more remarkable than catching odd silhouettes in the corner of her eyes, almost everywhere she went. It was bothersome, but something she could easily blame on her deteriorating mental health or the abundance of drugs in her system. And yet, some part of her knew it wasn't true. There was nothing inside her making her see these shadows, those blurry silhouettes standing ominously in the corners and on the sides of the street. It happened again and again, ruining her day and making her nauseous. But she tried to push it down and tried not to talk about it at all. The next stage was more worrisome, it was the beginning of the sleep paralysis episodes. They were all somewhat similar, but each one deeply perturbed her. Again and again, Ashley felt just part of her wake up in the middle of the night, just enough to catch sight of a threatening shadow looming over her in her bedroom, speaking in tongues until eventually she always caught a sentence that would haunt her forever. Take her. They always said the same thing. Take her. Take her. Take her. As if that wasn't enough, these disruptions of Ashley's peace then sneaked into her daily life, even while awake, even during the light of day. The very first incident went almost unnoticed. What is one misplaced thing in the grand scheme of things? What is one object falling off her desk? Just a couple of things appearing on the ground after she left them on the shelf the previous night. But these weren't warnings anymore. 
These were the beginnings of the attacks against Ashley's safety. One thing led to another, and these shifts in the order of her bedroom weren't peaceful anymore. All the contents of her desk could appear scattered on the floor one morning. Things could fly off her shelves during the night. Cups would fly off her bedside table, even while she was right there on the bed, wide awake and watching television. It was as if the objects themselves were trying to escape, or, much worse, as if something invisible inside her bedroom was trying to practice its aim until finally, one day, it would be able to throw something at her, if not throw her out of the room entirely. Two main events define this stage of Ashley's struggle. First, on one completely casual afternoon, Ashley was in her bedroom, flipping through a comic book, fearing nothing at all, when it felt as if her entire world was thrown off its axis the moment the comic book was violently ripped out of her hands and flung across the room. It was so sudden that Ashley's hands were victims of paper cuts that looked like angry slashes of an impossibly sharp knife. On that previous occasion, Ashley was forced to deal with it on her own. But another surprise waited for her just a few days later. She was just going to get the laundry out of the dryer when she was stunned by the sight of all the clothes strewn across the floor, left in a line as if something crawled out of the dryer and left a trail behind to prove its presence. Ashley called for her mother immediately, because she was well aware that the dryer's door was something heavy, that locked itself soundly, and was impossible to accidentally open. There was undeniably something else in that house with them. Finally, Ashley's dire situation reached a new peak. It felt like a culmination of every threat made over the course of her life. It was a particularly cold night, and although Ashley was getting somewhat used to the sleep paralysis, she wasn't expecting something that night, let alone something different, and even less so, something that could drastically change her mind, or perhaps even lose it. That night, Ashley fell asleep next to a friend as they watched a movie in her bedroom. But the additional company wasn't enough to ward off the unwanted presence that had grown attached to her. Ashley had a horribly vivid dream where she turned to face her friend, and all she got was the terrifying vision of a blurred-out shadow standing by the side of the bed. Ashley's terror increased as soon as the figure became more and more visible. It was a woman, sickly thin and pale, wearing a torn and dirty white wedding dress with a veil over her long hair, flowing as if there was a strong breeze in that locked room. Ashley tried to react, tried to scream, do anything at all, but before she could make her body wake up from its slumber, the figure looming over her bed caught her ankles. It was the most painful moment of Ashley's life. She had to fight for her life. The ghostly woman gripped her ankles with a burning touch and started dragging her down the bed. Ashley thrashed in bed, 
and tried her best to grasp the blankets, the sheets, anything that could anchor her to safety. But it was useless. The figure was too strong, and it nearly got her out of bed. Ashley woke up the exact time that her body would have fallen off the bed in her dream. She was shaking badly, and she knew there was a chance she wouldn't survive another dream like that. She had to do something to change her life, right her wrongs, and put a stop to the nightmares that were taking over. Now, a new stage started, because Ashley could quit the drugs and start therapy, and try her best to be a different person. But there was still something clinging to her, her bedroom and her house. It took some time before she finally remembered a gift from a well-intentioned but severely misguided friend. The tiki necklace with the demon trapped inside. Ashley tried to maintain her calm, but she could hardly move fast enough to take that cursed amulet and drop it in the trash where she believed it belonged. It just so happened that it probably wasn't the right course of action to deal with something so delicate and at the same time so powerful. A couple of days later, right after the truck passed by her house to take away the trash, Ashley experienced one of the worst and most realistic paranormal incidents of her young life. She was walking toward the bus stop, listening to music, enjoying the journey, when something about her surroundings struck her as odd. She paused the music and confirmed her suspicions. The impossible had happened in that stretch of land. All the insects, birds, and small animals that inhabited the wilderness between the houses completely quieted down. She could barely feel a slight breeze. There was no sound and no life around other than her. Ashley hurried to the bus stop and waited anxiously for another sign of life. What she got instead couldn't have been worse. Out of nowhere, she heard a completely frightening screech, a high-pitched violent sound that seemed to come up straight from hell. She shuddered and covered her ears with both hands. She looked around for the source of the noise, imagining a car pulling on its brakes before a crash or slipping on the ice toward a certain doom. Except that there were no cars in that street, absolutely no ice on the road in the spring, and no explanation whatsoever for that monstrous screech she heard moments ago. Mercifully, the bus arrived in front of her, but not without bearing some bad news. As soon as Ashley interrogated her friends, they confirmed that they had heard no sound whatsoever as the bus drove down that same street. It was a threat for Ashley alone, who carried that burden quietly into herself. Perhaps that should have been the end of the story, the ultimate climax that meant Ashley had gotten rid of that damn necklace, and, with it, the presence that had terrorised her for years. But here's the thing. What if the peace that came afterward was just another stage of the process? 
What if it wasn't even the last stage? Because, as it turned out, it was not the ending. Not for Ashley, not for her bedroom, not for anything that surrounded her during those awful months. Although Ashley's life was significantly improved, there was some darkness that never left her since those days. Without drugs, with therapy, and with a much more stable life, the visions and sleep paralysis improved, but they were never completely gone. Every now and then, there would always be a shadow standing on the side of the road, an ominous silhouette visiting her in her sleep. Worst of all, after she moved out of her mother's house and her mother moved into the room that used to be Ashley's, they soon found out that her mother was experiencing many of the terrible things that happened to Ashley. Scratches on the door that never left a mark. Awful nightmares that feel more real than life. Dogs getting scared out of their minds in the middle of the night. It was so undeniable. There was no clear beginning or end to Ashley's story. The darkness had touched her long before the cursed necklace, and it stayed behind her even after she got rid of it. She was only grateful that the worst was over. For now. This story was written by Danny Rahel Nieto and narrated by me, James Deverell. Thank you for listening to this story. If you enjoyed my storytelling, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for more Tales of High Strangeness. I started this podcast off the back of my YouTube channel by the same name, which formerly went by Mr. Sinister. You can check out my older stories, which are still available on that channel. For short-form content, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook via the handle at Tales of High Strangeness. For exclusive access to behind-the-scenes content plus more, check out my Patreon account. If you, or anyone else you know, has a story about anything related to high strangeness, please reach out to me with a brief description to stories at daredeverall.com. I don't need you to write the whole story, so you don't need to worry about being an English major. We'll be doing all the writing. You'll just need to be willing to jump on a call with me so we can have a chat and I can get the whole story. Thanks again for listening.